0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. That's something to ever, especially in a time like this where we just read, how there was destruction, so... I don't know, I, I, is this weird? It, it, it's, I don't, weird, I, I don't I, I don't understand that. You read about women cooking their own children to get through a starvation, and you're an alzari if you don't cry, you're an Avzar. You're a if you don't cry, I, I no, I... How, how is nobody feeling this? I've been mad. Yeah, I've gone through different shuls. I've gone through different places. When I get up to that piece in Neichah, and we're going to have it tomorrow as well, Mashim <laughs> Rachmaniyot, women of Rahmanut, that they, because they were in starvation, I, I want us to appreciate where we are. We say, and we said it tonight Like what did we have? And what were we? I want us to appreciate the thought process here This is really why I wanted to speak tonight To just appreciate the thought process Because I don't know I don't know if we appreciate the gravity of this My first My first Tisha B'Av gig I guess you can say Years and years ago, I I, I I used to spend my summers in New York. I used to run a camp over there at day camp, and uh, a rabbi called me. I'm not going to say which community, but a rabbi called me, and he said, "Do you think you can come speak to my shul to Shabbat av in the morning?" Said, this is it. This is the big. Uh, this is the big thing. Wow! I'm getting called by a shul to come and speak. Like I don't right? I, I live in Israel the whole year. That they called me. That's it. So I said, "Okay, what time are you praying shacharit?" Seven o'clock in the morning, they're praying Shacharit. Woo. Who, who in their right mind <laughs> pray Shacharit at seven in the morning on Tisha Ba'ab? You have to be in, you're either in or at Sadiq, right? It's, it's, it, it's, or both. Who, who davened so early because you're just elongating the. I said, okay, and this place happens to have been an hour and a half drive from where I was. So that year, I got up at 5.30 in the morning to drive out to this shul. I show up to the shul, the shul is packed. But it was a little bit odd. Because everybody was sitting on chairs. Now, I grew up, like everybody else up here, where, you know, unless it's really hurting you, unless you're tired, you know, elderly, okay, no, of, of course, you know, one or two people, it's tiring, of course, sit on a chair, you know, I'm, I'm not drunk, But a whole shul uh, of of everybody is sitting on chairs. I, I was a little bit taken aback. Okay, we go in to pray, and it's just myself and the rabbi are both sitting on the floor, and there was a rabbi from Israel who was also visiting, also sitting on the floor. We go through shacharit. And, I mean, the place was packed. It must have been 200 people inside this place. And I'll never forget this. The rabbi at the end says, Rabble time, it's Tisha B'Av Hayom. Today is Tisha B'Av. So, obviously, you know, it's a day where we're sad. It's a day where we, he said, so Rabbi Ben Shushan is here and myself and this rabbi from Israel, we'll, we'll try to, so if anybody wants to, you know, stick around, there's 200 people in the show. 199 people walked out. That's <laughs> my first gig. One guy, the one guy who didn't have a job in the community, in this community, obviously, one guy stays. And I looked at the rabbi and I said, "You got me out at five thirty in the morning to this left out of him. And the guy pulls up a chair. He's and he's ready for he's ready to listen. And so he first said to the Israeli, the Israeli rabbi, "God bless his heart." It, it, to him, it didn't make a difference. It was one person or two hundred people. He gave his speech. He was going. He was going for the goal and then the rabbi said so he turned to me he's like please say something so obviously i, I said so yeah i said what i could but i changed it up obviously because i felt so sad that from 200 people nobody's getting it like it, it just it, it it didn't take it didn't connect so lanu means what what became of us meaning what did we have back then and what changed lanu means that we have to on un- Tisha Ba'ab sit down and just take an accounting. Where, where, where are we at? Where are we holding? So, Hashem meha Look through the keynote you're gonna see. And like we had here with Manish Tana, and we had a few others where we compare. We're not normal people. We don't ever get to be Normal. We either have it very, very good, to the point of miracles happening for us. The 67 war, miracles, a little open miracles happening for us all that time. Incredible things happening for us. We either have it over there, or it goes the other way, and we have a destructive life. And things are just terrible, and we have terrible news all the time. We don't get to live a normal life. This is what Tisha Ba'av is really trying to give us over here. Nobody else ever had an Eicha. Nobody else ever had, because you can ask the question, how could Hashem allow for all these terrible things to happen? You know, in in, in 1096 was the year in which Unfortunately, there was a destruction of the town of what's called Worms and Mainz. All these different towns in Europe, they were decimated. The stories, uh, you can't believe how... uh, Literally, tens of thousands of Jews murdered each and every single day. And at the end of it, the rabbis, they had a question. And the same question was posed after the Holocaust. The question was asked. They wanted to make a specific day for Holocaust remembrance. Amongst the religious I'm talking about, they wanted to make Kielu like a Tisha Ba'av for the Holocaust. And we can all imagine, rightfully so. The Briskerov said, why didn't back then, in 1096, when they had full-on cities of Jews, some of them, I'm talking stories that when they came, the crusaders came in, the Jews got chased into a certain tower. And the question was, Either they become Christian or they all get killed out. And that night, the fathers, the fathers sat around and they decided some of our kids may be too weak and they may give in. And that night, they had to murder their own families and murder each other. I, you guys, I, I, I can't. These are stories that when you read them, you can't believe them. You, 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 you can't, can, our minds can't wrap. And so they asked the question, why didn't they make A remembrance day then For that holocaust That they went through And the British girl said Well like the rabbi said before It's because there's one day That shows us All the destruction that happened And that one day Is called the B'av Because once the Betimikdash Was destroyed Everything else is an echo From that destruction All pain and suffering Is an echo from that time Everything became backwards Because of that one destruction That separated us from Avinu Shabbat And ever since then, we don't want people to think that there was some other thing that happened. No, 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 we don't want you to go and make a specific day for anything else because for a moment, we don't want you to think that that destructive thing happened as its own. Rather, we want you to go and to dial it back to the place that it stemmed from today. This, Now. So any pain, any suffering you've ever suffered in your own life, it stems from this. It comes from the fact that we aren't in this place. And now ask the question, why? This is the malachat tishapa'av. This is the work. This is what we have to put in. Why? Hashem doesn't want it to be this way. If He's a loving, giving God, then why would He allow for all of these destructive things to happen? Why? It's supposed to burn inside us, this question we're supposed to find an answer. We're supposed to have an understanding. The understanding simply is, this isn't the life that Hashem wanted for us. When Hashem created the world, Hashem wanted a life in which we can relate to Him, in which humanity would never die. Death wasn't created by Hashem. Why would Hashem ever make death? The Ramchal Rav tells us, before by Adam, he was supposed to live forever. Why would Hashem ever stop us? That doesn't make sense. And the answer is Hashem's like, right? I didn't make that. It was after the Averat. Hashem wanted a reality in which humanity can connect with him completely, absolutely. Mashiach, the concept, and I don't know if you saw the Kaddish that that that, that we had just read over here. The la laatid. I have never I, I I don't recall. It's something so good. It's a Kaddish for Tchiat It's Mamash. That's, that's what the Word said. The Word said, for all of the people who have passed away, Hashem, it's time for them to bring back. We all said Amen to that. That when Mashiach comes, it's supposed to be that everybody gets back to that level. Everybody gets back to that place. That's it. Tchiat And we live with Hashem for eternity. Hashem made that as plan A. That's what life was supposed to be. And Hashem is letting us know In place of that There's going to be a vacuum of destruction Unfortunately Because things aren't right So we had the Beit Mikdash, And we were there We were so close We had a place in which Hashem said Shachati I'm going to live amongst you And that was meant to keep on getting better and better Until we can earn the Mashiach Through the vehicle of the first or second Beit Mikdash, And then ultimately bring this back Finally And instead we lost it And Hashem tried to explain to us, when you lost that, you think you're going to go off into a normal existence? You think you can just be like the rest of the world, willy-nilly, that's it. All right, look, we tried, we lost the bet to I guess we're going to go away now. No. This is your birthright. This is who we are. You have to accept this reality. And then take that responsibility. The reality is, we aren't normal. The reality is, Every single century. We're going to read through the keynotes tomorrow. Look, I, I, I grew up very much in the Ashkenazi world when it came to keynotes. That, that's where I was in the summers and different things. And at least I can say historically through theirs, they literally go through so many unfortunate destructions throughout. And all of those destructions, the common denominator is the people right before that destruction, they were just trying to be like the rest of the world. Every single one of these destructions. You give a look at them, they had comforts, and then all of a sudden some crazy person came into power, and then I, just 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 a mass genocide of humanity. Guys, we can't be like anybody else. So what we're crying here specifically is the fact that we're still in the gutter. We haven't brought the world back to what it's supposed to be. And at the end of Tisha B'Av, what we're supposed to tell ourselves is that there's got to be something that I can do in order to bring that closer. It has to be that way. You either believe or you don't. It it gets to that point. To finish off, there's a really sad, sad story of Yermio that, and we're going to read this tomorrow in the keynote, Konen yer al Yishayahu. Yishayahu was a king. That he was the son of very evil people. But he became a king when he was. Uh, he became king. from remember, about eight years old. He was very young, and he didn't see a sefat Torah until the age of eighteen. That means that his parents were so wicked that they had completely decimated any connection between themselves and religion to the point this is before, by the third pandemic to the point that I don't know what the religion looked like I mean there were people practicing Torah in the land but as far as the king himself goes he didn't have that and then he saw it in the very famous famous psukim that tells he started crying over the fact that, that he he never he never kept he never had it and then that was it he was midvatel. everybody's work he said we're done working Say, I will support this whole country. Every man, woman, and child are going to learn Torah day and night. We're getting it back. And he did. And they said that they tested every man. They all knew it. Now, unfortunately, to a people inside their homes that still had a vodazara, he did not know that. Now, Pharaoh Necho, uh, the Pharaoh at the time in Egypt, wanted to go through Israel to go do war with Syria on top. And he said, I want to just pass through your land. The king refused because the Torah says that if everybody's keeping what they're keeping, so then even a sword won't pass through your land. He said, no, you can't pass through. And Yemiel came to him, Yemiel said to him, please let him pass through. We're not as kosher as you think, we're not doing as well as you think we're doing, please let him pass through. And Yeshua said, no, no, That I'm telling you, they're all... Kulanu Sadikim, no, we're okay. He said, no, please don't. And they went to war. And the very famous, Ushio, unfortunately, he got hit, what they say, with 300 arrows inside him. And the pasuk, the last words that the man said in his life, the last words that he breathed, Yermio, when running up to him, and held him. You know, he was crying. And the last words that King Yoshio said is, is that Hashem is right. I thought we were holding in a place, but I guess we aren't. When I read that tomorrow, I I always I can't I have to sit and focus on that, and I begin to cry because we all we all think we're so good. Aren't we doing good? Are we doing well? Lakewood is packed with Yeshiva. The Meri is packed with people learning. But Hashem Pico is packed with shuls in a beautiful way. We have a Kolel learning, a Link is learning, the valley they have learned Just over here, but and wherever you go, and there's a chabad everywhere, and they're getting people. Aren't we doing okay? So where is he? So where's the, like, like, like what better can we do? And this is what King Yoshila thought. Like, what better could I do? Aren't we literally doing the best that we can? And the answer was In people's homes And now in people's pockets There's our vodah I mean We think we're doing so well But we're allowing that world The outside world We're allowing it within us To take us over When you go home tonight Before you go to sleep I want you to think What are your sheifahs? What are your values? Your goals? What do you dream about? What do you really dream about? If only I could. If only I could make more money. If only I could finally afford that house. If only I could. If only. If I... And all these if onlys. Is any of it? Does any part of it have to do? If only I can know all of the gemarot on these shelves. Is any, now, I know we're doing well, but where's your heart? Where is it? Yeshayon thought he was doing so well in their minds, maybe academically. But in their hearts, she thought, their values, where was it really going? What's important to you? Why is it so important? Those things, those things, that in your most private moments, you're really thinking about. Those things in your most private moments, if you look in the mirror, that you want your kids to have. Why is it so important to ruin their Nishavat? Why? Why? Why are we so programmed within the way of the world that we fight over the scraps that Hollywood and Instagram and everything else throws us? Why are we that small? Why can't we think bigger? Why can't our sheep folk be correct? That's the korban inside us. We're not there. We're not doing as okay as we think, and I for one don't want for the last breath to come out of my mouth like his was to say, I thought I was doing well, but I guess I messed it up. I don't want that to be my last breath. And it's Tisha Ba'av that's gonna make sure that it won't be. It's Tisha Ba'av that's gonna demand of me to say, Ari, what is really correct? You can't be like the rest of the world. Stop fighting over what they're throwing you. Stop demanding what it is that they have for yourself. Be bigger. So at this moment now, that you're sitting on the floor, just know, this is your Olam Hazza. This is what you get. This is all you need. All you need is a floor to sit on. This is it. Anything beyond that, okay. So you have to have that. But as a Jew, as a Jew, if all you have is just this, and a Torah, your mind could be in such an incredible place, you wouldn't want for so much more. You really wouldn't. Either your life is gonna look like this, or your life is gonna look like something incredible full of nisim and nifla'ot. We can't have a middle ground. As Jews, were meant to be greater. We're crying over the fact that that picture of greatness over Galut has become blurred. I'm not blaming anybody for the blur. I, we're all in it. T'Sham is supposed to give us a clarity to get out of it. Give us all the barachad. It's Hashem. We should have a clarity. A clarity on what our next step must be. And finally coming through with picking up that book or listening to that shiur or putting a filter on the phone or manning up as a father and telling your kids no when it's something that's going to suffocate their soul for eternity. Finally, taking that step. I hope Tisha Av affords us that. Bezat Hashem, hopefully this is the last time and Bezat Hashem next year we're all together in line with Mashiach Living the life that Hashem always wanted for us, Amen for amen amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by Torahanytime.com.